0: So we are now in the middle of the month of Elul, and this, of course, is the last month before the new year, before Rosh Hashanah, or as we American Jews say, Rosh Hashanah, right? Who is excited about the fall holidays coming up? Raise your hand. Yeah, right? So Elul... This month is traditionally a time of preparation, right? During this month, according to tradition, we say salichot, which are prayers of repentance. In some traditions, you say it every day, you repent. We, this is a time when we blow the shofar. If anyone came to our Elul service, uh, Mr. Linus um, blew the shofar, and we're going to be doing that at each time um, that we come together during this month. It's also a time of drawing nearer to God. So as we repent, we draw nearer to God because he is holy and perfect. So we, can, we, we cast off our sins and we can draw nearer to the Lord. It's just like if, uh, if I wanted to um, be close with my wife, right? If I wanted to hug her, sometimes I might have to brush my teeth first, right? Or, you know, maybe take a shower, You know, something like that. So it is uh, with the Lord. If we want to be close to the Lord, you know, we have to allow him to clean us off sometimes. Um, Traditionally, also during the month of Elul, there is a psalm that is read uh, every day. And this psalm is 27. And in the verse 8, um, there's a a verse that's familiar to many of us. And it's uh, David Haller put it in one of his songs And so this this psalm is read every day during this month, and and this is a verse from that song. It says, let's read it together. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Your face I will seek. What does that mean? How can we seek the face of God? Well, in Hebrew... The word for face is, does anyone know? That's right, that's right, very good. Panim, panim, just like the Yiddish word punim, right? Like the shena punim. oh, such a nice punim. So this word is used in the Tanakh to describe someone's presence also, including the presence of God himself. For example, in Psalm 139, verse 7, the psalmist asks, Where can I go from your spirit, ruach? Where can I flee from your presence? And the word for your presence there is panecha, panecha, which literally means, he's saying, where can I flee from your face? So to flip this around, if we are seeking God's face, not running away from it, then we are seeking his presence. Now, we know that God is everywhere, right? He is omnipresent. So how can we seek God's presence if he is present in every place? There is a sense in Scripture that God can also concentrate his presence in a particular area. For example, by his Shekhinah, his dwelling glory. One of the themes running throughout all of Scripture is that God is seeking to be present with us. Hashem seeks to dwell among his people. Hashem seeks to dwell in his people. And for a holy God to live in his people, his people also have to be holy. His people have to be right with him. A righteous God can only dwell among righteous people. A holy God can only live in holy people. So we have seen that, according to tradition, we are to seek the face of God during this month, the month of Elul. And to seek the face of God is to seek his presence. And to seek his presence is to prepare ourselves in holiness and righteousness. So how can we prepare ourselves in holiness and righteousness? This month, in preparation for the new year, I would like us to think about The three R's, right? The three R's. And no, it's not reading, writing, and arithmetic. Uh, I I never understood why that's three R's, but anyway. So during the month of Elul, I wanted to encourage us all to, number one, repent. Number two, renew our minds. And number three, read the word. Repent. Renew our minds, read the word. In doing these three, we will seek the face of God and he will dwell among us. So let's begin with the first R, which was what? To repent. What is the relationship between repentance and the presence of God, God's face? About 10 years ago, I was teaching in Mississippi and I came home one day and I had an awful headache. And I was lying on my bed, and I was like, God, why do I have this headache? Please heal me. I don't know what's going on. Um, I was just, just sort of in pain there. And, uh, and uh, one of my students came to my mind. His name was John. I thought of John, and I realized that I had unforgiveness toward this student over something that he had said in class. Um, so in my mind, I I said, I said, Lord, I, I forgive John. And in the, the moment that I said that, instantly, the headache was gone. It was like it never happened. So when I repented of that unforgiveness, the presence of God came and healed me. The presence of God also inhabits the praises of his people. One of my favorite worship artists is Keith Green in Blessed Memory. You know, he... He was also a a Jewish disciple of Yeshua. I don't know if you guys knew that. But at any rate, uh, Keith would play. There would frequently be a a huge sense of his presence, right? Stories of, of confession and repentance, and people often got healed while he was playing at the same time. Why is this? Because God's healing presence comes along with repentance and turning away from sin. When Solomon repented on behalf of the people of Israel, God's presence filled the temple that he had just built. And here's this, the full story in 2 Chronicles verses, uh, chapter 6, um, starting in verse 21. And this is what Solomon prays. He says, Hear the supplications of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear forgive. When your people Israel have been defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you, and when they turn back and give praise to your name, praying and making supplication before you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land you gave to them and their ancestors. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, And when they pray toward this place and give praise to your name and turn from their sin because you have afflicted them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them the right way to live and send rain on the land you gave your people for an inheritance. And Solomon, you know, continues along this line. He continues to intercede for Israel and ask for forgiveness on behalf of Israel And what is the result of all this repentance? Well, in chapter 7, verses 1 through 4, this is what we read. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The glory of the Lord filled the temple, his presence. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. And when all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good. His love endures forever. Ki tov, ki leolam, So repentance, you know, it can be exciting, right? It doesn't have to be a sad thing. We should be excited about the presence of God healing us, drawing us near to him. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. This month of Elul, let's commit to repent. In other words, let's ask the Lord to show us what is not pleasing to him. Turn away from that and seek his face. Now, you may be protesting, but David, aren't we supposed to repent every day? Are, Are you thinking this? Right? To this I would respond, of course. Right? However, there are certain seasons when it is traditional to be more introspective, more repentant, more vulnerable before the Lord. Kind of like uh, spring cleaning a house, right? You know, I know we all clean our houses regularly, you know, myself included. You know, of course, a typical Sunday afternoon, you could see me, you know, sporting a vacuum. Isn't that right? Yes? <laughs> yeah, regularly. Uh, my memory might be a little fuzzy on that, but I, I, you can ask my wife, Sonia. Um, but, of course, even though we do that regularly, occasionally the whole house needs a complete scrubbing, right? A real deep cleansing. And so it is with our house, the house of our souls, in accordance with the traditional time of Elul. And this brings us to the second R, after repent, Do we remember what this is? Renew our minds. That's right. Romans 12 verse 2 says it like this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, we all have thoughts and ideas floating around up here that do not match up with the truth of God. During the month of Elul, let's commit to renewing our minds, asking Hashem to show us these thoughts that are not of Him. My father, uh, his name is Dr. Martin Ween. He is a psychologist and counselor, and he sent me a list of irrational beliefs or thoughts that people have. He just sent it to me. I didn't, you know, uh, it wasn't for specifically for this sermon, but I thought it lined up pretty well. So, he, it's, the list is adapted from an article. It's uh, sort of irrational thoughts that people have, and I thought we'd compare this to what Scripture has to say. So, irrational thought number one says this. It is a dire necessity for me to be loved and approved by virtually every other significant person in my community. In other words, this, this belief that everyone has to like me And the response in the article is that we should not base our worth on the approval of others and to see the disapproval of others, which sometimes happens, in perspective. Are we struggling in this area? Then we should quote Proverbs 29, 25 in our own minds. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Can we say that together? Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. Irrational thought number two. I should be thoroughly competent, adequate, and achieving in all possible respects if I am to consider myself worthwhile. In other words, my self-esteem, my self-worth is based on my ability to be perfect at everything I do. The response in the article is to focus on the process, right, more than the result, and to address the false idea of perfectionism. Are we thinking this way as well? Then we should remember, as it is written in Ecclesiastes 7, verses 16 through 18 and verse 20, this is what it says, "'Do not be over-righteous, neither neither be over-wise. Why destroy yourself?' Do not be over wicked and do not be a fool. Why die before your time? It is good to grasp the one and not let go of the other. Whoever fears God will avoid all extremes. Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous. No one who does what is right and never sins. So we're all all in that place. Uh, Irrational thought number three. Certain people... Are bad or villainous, and they should be severely blamed and punished for their villainy. This is the words of, of the article. Um, in other words, so let me translate, if someone does something bad, that means we think, oh, that's a bad person, and other people should live up to my standards of perfection. And the response in the article is to remember that everyone makes mistakes, and to objectively receive criticism toward us in a non-reactive kind of way. So are, are we making others out to be villainous and ourselves as purely righteous in our own minds? Well, Scripture has something to say about that as well. We should remember the words of Yeshua in Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5. And we may have heard this before, but I want us to, to hear it as if when all the time there is a plank, a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take out the plank of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, I've, you know, personally, I've, I've read this before. I've been deeply convicted by this. You know, we can't, we can't think this way. Elul is an excellent time to renew our minds and take stock of our thought life. Are we... Ashamed? Do we condemn ourselves? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Messiah Yeshua. Are we thinking of the wrong done by others over and over? Let us forgive them in our hearts, or if we can't, let us confront them in love, according to Matthew 18. Are we puffed up by our own gifts and spirituality? Let us remember that it was not for our own righteousness that we are saved, but because of his goodness and mercy. Let's take captive our thoughts, right? Let's, like a, like a lasso, right? Can you guys lasso for me? Lasso, lasso the thoughts, woo right? And bring them under the authority of Messiah. Alul is a great time to pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart Be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now, does this mean that we're to go into our own minds, ourselves, and try to capture all these thoughts? No. But we should ask Hashem to do this, as it is written in Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So in other words, we're, we're asking the Lord to show us our thoughts. We're not trying to go in ourselves. When we renew our minds, this invites the presence of God into our hearts. False thoughts can be like a veil. It prevents us from seeing the face of God. Do we have... False thoughts about ourselves, about others, about God, this can limit our vision. On the other hand, when we allow God to purify our hearts and minds, we can live in his presence and see his face. Yeshua says in Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. They will see God. So we have seen that the month of Elul is traditionally about repentance and renewing our minds, asking God to show us the thoughts and actions that do not please him, and turning away from these to seek his presence. And this brings us to the last R of Elul. Do we remember what this is? Read the word. But why, you may ask, why, David, do I have to read the word? Why? Because this last point, the last R, is what the first two points hinge on. As it is written in Psalm 1, verses 1 through 2. How blessed are those who don't reject the advice of the wicked, Don't stand on the way of sinners or sit where scoffers sit. Their delight is in Adonai's Torah. On his Torah, they meditate sometimes, occasionally, day and night. Day and night. So, in other words, to keep ourselves from the path of the unrighteous, one must meditate and delight in the Word, God's Torah. And one of the best ways to meditate and delight in the word is to read it every day. I want you to think of a person that you admire. Think of someone that you think is this is a very godly person. They they really the presence of God walks with them, right? You, you all have someone? Yes? Okay. And I would I'd be willing to to wager That whoever you thought of, whatever person you thought of, is a person that loves the word. I bet this is a person, if you ask them after service, if it's someone that's here, right? I bet they would say they read the word every day. There's a man known as the Heavenly Man, uh, Brother Yun, uh, as a Chinese man. He did remarkable signs and wonders in China. There was one time he was... uh, He was in prison, um, and he, uh, because preaching the gospel is illegal, or was illegal at this time, and he fasted miraculously for 40 days, and uh, he preached the gospel when he was in prison, and then the Lord said, okay, it's time for you to go, and he just, he just walked out. The guards, they didn't, they just didn't see him, right? But before all of this, before all these signs and wonders, Brother Yoon had to memorize huge chunks of Scripture. And uh, because I say he had to because the Bible was illegal to have. So he had to hide it, right? And then he had to hide it in his heart. He had to memorize it so that, so that he wasn't caught with the, with the text, right? And, and then because of that, he was able to do these things. He was the heavenly man that we read about. But David, I hear you asking. You're asking a lot of questions today. That's very good. Do you have a good devotional strategy that helps you get into the Word and meditate on it? Well, I'm so glad you asked. In fact, I do. So after service, during Oneg, I'm going to share with you um, a devotional reading method I got from, uh, his name is Rabbi David Rosenberg, another Rabbi David. Other than our own Rabbi David, and uh, he's the rabbi of Shuva Yisrael in Long Island uh, for he has been for the past 26 years. And uh, our our rabbi by extension, Rabbi Michael, he also has a devotional method, which is uh, I think we link to that from our uh, from our website. Um, so I want to encourage you to join me uh, at Oneg, but if you don't. You know, there's many, there's many options, there's many devotional methods for reading the Word daily, and I want to encourage you to, uh, to get into that. Whatever method that we use, I want to invite all of us, all of us, to make the, the year, 5776, the year of the Word at Tikvot Israel. Let's commit to prioritizing His Word getting it into our hearts so we can make his thoughts our thoughts, make his priorities our priorities, make his longings our longings. Who wants to make this year the year of the word at Tikvot? Raise your hand. All right. Great. Now I'm going to be checking in with you later to see how it's going, right? See if you need anything. Who wants to seek God's face his presence this year, right? So, so let's do the three R's of Elul, to prepare for this year, the year of the word. Let us, what's the first one? Repent, let us renew our minds, and let us read the word, amen. And let's seek the face of God. Let's walk in his presence together as a family. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, let's pray.